This morning, the Lord has put upon my heart a topic that looks like a command. I think if it was in English, the English teacher would mark me wrong, but I have no other way of doing it other than saying it as it is. So the topic we are looking at this morning is God, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. And it's coming from John chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. John chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Do whatever he tells you. It's a command. I read. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your, cons what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. Verse 9. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum. He, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. Let us pray. God, our Heavenly Father, we bow down before your throne. We want to thank you, Lord, that the born again can sing today that they are no longer slaves to sin or to fear or to anything of this world. For God, you are greater than these things. We want to bless you this morning for the way that you have brought us here. I know, Lord, you have brought us here for a purpose. 
Lord, I pray that you shall meet the need of every heart. You shall meet, Lord God, every wandering mind, Lord, that is here, you shall settle it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that by the powers that resurrected you from the grave, Lord, you shall minister in this place this morning in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, that no one shall leave this place, Lord, still not knowing who you are. My prayer, Lord God, is minister to each heart, Lord, according to your will and not my will. Be blessed, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, as a way of introduction, this story is a very interesting story. I'll not be preaching about the wine. I'll be preaching about the miracle. So don't be anxious. I'll be preaching about the miracle. You know, whatever has run out of your life, whatever has run out of your life, I pray that this morning God is going to meet you at a point of need. In this situation, it was the wine that ran out. And in those days, weddings were a celebration. During weddings, I've read that people stayed for days celebrating. Uh, it's not like our weddings in Malawi here. Where these days, most weddings, they keep Fanta to the end. So that many people, after giving perekani perekani, they leave and then the Fanta can be enough for those who remain. Wedding was a celebration. And at this point, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Jesus and his disciples were invited to this wedding. And then they were there. And I'm sure perhaps it was either poor planning by the bridegroom and the bridal party, whoever was preparing for the, for the banquet, that they underestimated the quantity of guests. And in the middle of celebrations, the wine ran out. And you know, it was at this point that Mary, the mother of Jesus, realized and said, Emmanuel is here. God is with us here. He didn't take Jesus as his biological son. She didn't take Jesus as her biological son. She took Jesus as God, as Emmanuel. And she goes to Jesus and says, they have run out of wine. I don't know your situation. I don't know what you're going through now. But God knows. Can you tell him what is it that you want God to do for you? Mary realized that when God, Emmanuel, is there, there's nothing that is impossible. 
she went to Jesus and said, they have run out of wine. And the response of Jesus was quite stern and strong. Because he was not yet ready to perform the miracles. But then, you know, Jesus' response was, woman, not mother, mark that, woman, what does, your con- uh, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. At times we go through situations and pray and pray, and the answer is delaying. Can we learn from what Mary did? After this being called woman, my hour has not come. Mary goes silently to the servant. Please do whatever he tells you. May you do whatever God tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Mary believed that Jesus Christ is God himself. And as God, he's a God of compassion. He suffers with you. Whatever you are going through the tough situations, God suffers with you and he's ready to intervene. You know, preaching this message to our generation is so, so difficult because to believe becomes so hard. Why does it become hard? It's because we have learned learned a lot of things from the day that we are born up to today. Our parents have taught us how things work. Our parents have taught us all the fears that we have. Our parents have, you know, shared with us things that they know. But our parents might not have been believers. And what they taught us are not things that last in life. We have learned from community cultures. We have learned from the whole society, the entire world. But let me tell you something. God's redemption is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what matters. If you believe and know that, then you are in the right place. We are living in the modern day culture. That you know, okay, ladies, you know that I, I, I like segregating my messages. Ladies, please don't strangle me by the neck. But ladies now, when it comes to movies and soaps and all those things, they can tell you all the names of all the characters that feature there. Men, Ask them about football, boxing, and all that. They can tell you names that are so difficult. Names of Brazil, names of China, names of, you know, they have memorized everything. Why we live in a global world? The world now is like one village. All the things, good and bad, that are happening all over the world, there are 
in our houses. They are on our gadgets. We find them every day through internet, through television, through whatever. How can man believe in God? I think the message that, you know, Mary is teaching us here is, regardless of your culture, whatever the parents have told you, whatever you have seen in the world, whatever you have heard, the truth still remains. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. In this confused world, where perhaps even our education, we have learned about, you know, uh, social Darwinism, the theory of whatever and whatever, many times our minds are confused. My prayer is, can we have a simple mind like Mary's, that we can see Jesus as God and go to him in total faith. You know, we are so much bombarded. You know, uh, interesting, the interesting thing is how much, you know, we can get so much absorbed by the issues of the world. Right now, you go in buses, you go in offices, you go in what? It's about parliament, about the judges, about the, uh, the electoral commission in Malawi, about whatever, you know, political that you can talk about. But amidst all this, can we see Jesus? Can we see Jesus? You know, Mary knew that Jesus was God, omnipotent God, who is all-powerful. Nothing is impossible with Jesus. And as we believe in Jesus, all situations become small because he can do whatever we ask him, as long as we ask in his will. Mary asked, and the answer was given. And you know, today's Christians, again, we have one problem, and I'm not immune to that. We are, I, myself, and me, Christians. We always think about our own situations. We don't think about the situations around us. Another lesson from Mary is that she was concerned about others. She felt the shame that the bridegroom and the bride would have, you know, suffered if the guests knew that they didn't plan well, that wine had run out. She was concerned. She said, yeah, these people have invited us to the wedding. These people had all the good purposes, you know, that we should enjoy the wedding. But this has happened. She, she, was, she had empathy. She felt, what if it was me in this situation? And she did something. Are we concerned about the suffering around us? Are we concerning, concerned about the lost souls around us? Or at times we just laugh 
Hii awangaka chaso hawa. Eh? It's his way that you know he's alcoholic. Are we concerned about saving other souls? We say, oh, this one is a womanizer. This one is just after men and the like. That's how they are. But God has given you a mission. Speak to them about Christ. Because Christ is the only savior of this world. Are we concerned about what is happening around us? You know, at times, God doesn't answer our prayers because we are too selfish. We are too selfish. We just think about ourselves and we don't think about others. If we can improve a little bit, perhaps we think about ourselves and our immediate family. How many times have we stopped praying about ourselves and praying about those who are around us who are going through difficulties? How many times have we prayed for God's power of salvation to fall upon Lilongwe, to fall upon Malawi, to fall upon our parliament, our president, our electoral commission, and whoever matters, other than just grumbling? You know, the power of God can change Malawi. It can. I believe it can. You know, if you read about the revival... That happened in, for Europe to be what it is now. It just took people of prayer, praying for their land, and things changed. God can do it for Malawi. God can do it for Africa. But it takes you and me being concerned with what is around us, not just about ourselves. You know, the other lesson is that God will use what is available to you to glorify himself. I was just thinking, you know, when I read this passage, to say the six jars were for purification. And you know, the Jews were very particular about purification. I hear that, you know, when guests came into your house, the first thing that your servant would do was to wash their feet. So that they enter, you know, in your house clean. And if anybody, you know, had touched something that is unholy, they needed to purify themselves. And I don't think these jars were meant for noble things. It was just meant for purification. But God turned that, that humble, you know, purification jar into a jar that people could, you know, enjoy good wine. And I don't think the guests even asked to say, where was the wine? Perhaps some of them could have been disappointed with the jars. But I tell you, whatever situation, no matter how small, no matter how, you know, impossible you look at it, God can use it to his glory. God can use it to his glory. You know, and, you know, our God wants us to make available whatever we have. You remember, you know, Moses had just a stick. And there, uh, he has a rod in the hand. And there are Egyptians coming here. And there's Red Sea ahead of them. And they had nothing else. And God just said, what do you have in your hand? Hit the water. And the water separated for the people of God. God can do great things for you if you make yourself available. 
God uses what is available. You remember the boy with the fish and you know uh, a few loaves of bread and they were able to feed 5,000 men. There's nothing impossible with your God. What he needs is your faith in him and trust that he can do it. Mary just said, whatever he tells you, do it. Can I ask you that whatever God tells you, just do it. Some of you have looked at, I don't know how the Nike people, you know, fashioned that, uh, their, their logo of saying, just do it. I wish it was a Christian logo where it says, when God says it, just do it. Just do it. Don't ask questions. Because God does not use our reasoning. Our reasoning is so limited that, you know, it cannot even be one millionth of what God can do. So we cannot understand God. But God is able to do immense things as long as we believe in him. You know, God uses the ordinary to perform the extraordinary. And that's your God. Tell him your situation. And in simple terms, they have run out of wine. So clear and simple. What is it that you need? Tell your God. Tell him your situation. You know, God will honor you just by your simple heart, not your complicated heart. You know, the world has complicated our hearts so much that at times, even outsiders ask questions to say, what's the difference between me and this who says he's a Christian? Because our hearts have taken so much of the worldly things that Christ cannot be seen in us. Have a simple heart. Have a simple heart. And God will do great things through you. You know, obedience. The lesson from the servants. You know, at first I was mistaking it. I thought it was the disciples. Because the disciples had been with Jesus. And I thought it was easy for them to do whatever he told them. But these were servants. And I believe they were the servants of, you know, uh, 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 the household where the wedding was taking place. And these are the ones that Mary told, do whatever Jesus tells you. And then the servants had obedience. You remember, the Bible says, it is obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, the servants did what Jesus taught them. Filled the six jars with water. And you know, if you analyze it, it becomes interesting. These are servants who knew that to make wine, you need to press grapes and get the liquid out of the grapes. And that's when you have wine. And Mary... When he went to Jesus, he said, we have run out of wine. 
And then the servants are told do whatever Jesus tells you. If you were the servant, the need is wine. Jesus says, please fill the jars with water. Is wine made out of water? Hey, church, is wine made out of water? Obedience. They did not understand why Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. And the Bible says they filled the jars to the brim. That's faith, isn't it? If it were you and me, I say, oh, I just feel it halfway. I don't know what's happening. They filled it to the brim. May your faith take you to fill the jars to the brim. Trust in God that what he says will really happen. They filled the jars to the brim. Obedience. When you hear God speak to you, be obedient. You know, out of this, because they were obedient, the miracle happened. He didn't ask them anything that is ordinary. He asked them something that was almost impossible to comprehend. But they did it because of obedience. Many of us have missed opportunities because we have used empirical knowledge. We have used our world views. We have used our own beliefs and whatever to do the things of God. It doesn't work that way. Listen, church, it doesn't work that way. It's not your reasoning. It's what God says that matters. You know, when God says it, it will happen because God is no man that he can lie. I know some of you are asking me, okay, these servants at least heard Mary speak to them. How do we hear God speaking to us? I think that's a valid question. We hear God through reading his word. How much time do we take to read the Bible, understand what God is speaking to us? I don't mean reading the Bible as we read the newspaper, but reading and meditating on the word of God. How many of us spend time if I was a headmaster or a school teacher or a professor, I would have asked, how many of you read your Bible this morning before coming to church? But don't raise your hands because I don't want to embarrass others. How many of you read your Bible yesterday? How many of you read your Bible Monday to Sunday? Okay, perhaps I can take off Sunday because you come to church. Monday to Saturday. How many? And I mean reading and meditating. At times, you know, with this internet thing, a friend just throws a verse 
and you read it and you shut the phone. Amen. I don't mean that. How many of you seriously read the word of God? You know, it's not us, the pastors. We also have our own struggles and our weaknesses. But God wants you and him to be in relationship that will last forever. I cannot manage that relationship. The other two pastors cannot manage that relationship. It's between you and your God. We hear God by reading his word and meditating on his word. We also hear God by listening to preaching like, like I'm doing. And now the word is all over the radio, all over the TVs and wherever. I think choose what you listen to because some of it is blasphemy. If you don't understand, ask Pastor McDuff, Pastor Sunga or myself to say, how do you look at this, this, this one's preaching? I think we can share with you. Because some of it has become marketing other than the word of God. But there are some sound, there's some sound teaching also on the television. There's some sound teaching on, on the radio. There's some sound teaching even in podcasts as we do here. Listen to the word. Listen to the word. Have relationships with fellow believers. That has been, you know, my, my wife's cry. Eh? That, you know, we have been away for too long, I think. To create those Christian relationships becomes hard. But it's important that you have Christian friends that you can talk about God with. I was sharing with somebody that at the time I was in Maputo, what really sustained me to be strong and firm was because I had Christian friends who could speak into my life and I could also speak into their life. You need to have to be surrounded by Christian friends, not out of selfish interest, but out of glorifying God with your life. At times we become so lonely. That's why we participate perhaps in the worldly things. Because we feel that's where we can find joy. Because Christians is just about Sunday. If we are lucky, also Tuesday when we meet in home cells. But after that, it's everyone for themselves. That's not Christianity. If you read the book of Acts, the first church fellowshiped and did everything together. And that is church. And that is church. Again, I'll not be asking questions to say, how many of you have visited a home of a fellow Christian? Not when there's a baby or when there's, you know, uh, somebody sick or anything. But just visiting to say, today I've come just to chat with you and enjoy life with you. I can see Martin uh, smiling because I've visited your home only because there was a baby. It shouldn't be like that. <laughs> it shouldn't be like that. Visiting, just wanting, you know, to encourage your brother and your sister. 
You know, the walk is wrong. It is very wrong. And if we want to take it alone, no wonder we hear many men and women falling. Because the walk is long. But as you walk together, you encourage each other, we shall make it until Jesus comes again. We need to have good relationships with fellow believers. Very important. God can also speak to us through dreams. I know some dreams are so, so wild. But if you meditate on the word of God, your dreams can also be godly. Amen? I've seen it upon my own life. When I'm really seriously, you know, meditating upon the word of God, God reveals a lot of things, either through dreams or at times even visions. But it takes your relationship with God. Because some dreams that we dream, it's because we are not close to God. Then you dream of your grandmother who died many years ago speaking to you. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking to you. And then they'll tell you, no, if they have spoken, spoken to you, please go to the grave and make peace with them. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. It's just because we are not cross with God. But if you have cross with God, even in your dreams, God can speak to you. Even through visions, God can speak to you. You know, the secret, the secret is not the secret is not trusting in the word of man. The secret is trusting in the word of God. No matter how hard the situation. At times, it's not bad to seek counsel from godly people. It's important because they'll speak the word of God unto you. So understand that. But at times ourselves, we have gone to wrong people to seek advice. And many times we have gone astray. You know, we need to trust God. The secret is in trusting in the word of God and that God can do it. When he tells you to do, just do it. Tell your neighbor. When God tells you what to do, just do it. Again, do you agree, church? You're going to do it. Amen. You know, it's only the word of God that is true. Hallelujah. It's only the word of God that is true. Whatever has happened in this world is going to end in this world unless it's built on the word of God. Hallelujah. Whatever has happened in this world, I repeat, is going to end in this world unless it is built on the word of God. Because it's only the word of God that will last forever. 
I hope I'm speaking to somebody. Believe in God because that's the only thing that is true. His word is ever true. His deeds are everlasting. His love is everlasting. His peace is everlasting. His joy is everlasting. You know, at times, when you see Paul and Silas enclosed in jail, where if it were you and me, perhaps would be crying, I've done nothing wrong, why am I here? Would be crying and perhaps beating the doors, making noise. What did Paul and Cyrus do? They praised God even in prison. And the prison gates opened. Are you able to praise God even difficult, in difficult circumstances? It becomes easy to praise God when everything is moving right. You know, when things are hard, that's when you see husband and wife not smiling at each other. You know, the point would be, but the husband, I told you, not do this. You see the situation in which we are now. And the husband says, no, but it's you, wife. If you didn't tell me this, we couldn't have been in this situation. But Paul and Cyrus, in difficult times, instead of blaming themselves or blaming anyone else, they praised God. Because as you praise God, his power comes down on you and prison gates open. Even the jailer comes out crying and Paul says, come down. None of us has escaped. Hallelujah. Can we praise God in all situations? You know, we need to worship God in season and out of season. Because God is everlasting, is ever present in all situations. And God loves you regardless of what. What we need is just to trust him and believe in him. And then he shall do the extraordinary out of the ordinary. You know, if it was me and you, when Jesus told Mary, woman, what has that need got to do with me? I think my reaction was, oh, he's too harsh. I'll not do anything. How many of you have given up when your answer was very close to come? Because you look at the circumstances and you think, no, this cannot work. It's not your work, it's God's work. It cannot work if it's your work. But with God, nothing is impossible. You know, Mary believed that. And you know, at times you just say, oh, I think Jesus was testing Mary's faith. Huh? 
Do you really believe? Do you really believe? Because he answered her in such a strong way that if it were me, definitely, I would have said, oh, sorry, Jesus, I didn't know your time has not come. But Mary believed that God is a God of compassion. God will not put you to shame. God will never put you to shame. The devil will. You know what the devil does? The devil the devil what he will do is he will attract you with something. And then he will give you an instant joy of that something. And then when you are used to that something he leaves you to get embarrassed. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But God will never put you to shame. God is a God of love. God is a God of compassion. When Mary said that, and she still believed God of love, she believed God of compassion, she goes to the servant, servant, do whatever he tells you. No matter whatever situation, my brother, my sister, do what he tells you. Just do it. Be close to God. Know his mind and do what he tells you. Then, if you do that, you will never be put to shame. You know, doing whatever God tells you is a true mark of a disciple of Jesus. If you do whatever God tells you, it is the only true mark of being a true disciple of Jesus. Because it means you totally depend on God. And God is indeed your father. As we begin this decade that we have just started this year, 2020. As we are in the second month of this year, May I plead with you on behalf of Jesus Christ. Be close to God and do what he says. For that's the only way that we can do well in this world. And then we enjoy the decade. May God bless you. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, This is your word, I'm just a vessel. And your word is a life-giving word. Your word is a living word. Lord, I pray that every heart that you have spoken to, Lord, may you receive it. I speak blessings, Lord, in the name of Jesus upon every heart that has heard your word and surrendered to it. Lord, I speak on behalf of the power that resurrected you, Jesus Christ, from the grave and made you sit at the right hand of God the Father, that you intercede for us day and night that may you give strength to each heart that has surrendered to you.
that they shall not depart from your ways, neither to the left to the, or to the right, but that they shall do well, even as you promised to Joshua. May they meditate upon your way day and night. Lord, as they do so, may you reveal your secrets of their lives. That, Lord, they shall not be like wandering children in the desert who do not know the way. Because, Jesus, you are the way. I pray in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, that may he be your Lord. And Lord, not just for now, but forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Uh, before we go to offering, uh, is there anyone who is worshipping with us for the first time? Uh, you can just raise up your hand so that we welcome you. Hallelujah. You know my mess. Oh, we have one. Oh, thank you so much, my brother. Oh, my sister, welcome. Anyone else? Please, those who are close to them, give them, you know, a KICC greeting. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, is there anyone who has brought a tithe? Anyone who has brought a tithe? Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Uh, let us pray. God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the brother 